Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, you ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Are we rolling? Are we on? Hello. I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Signal Hill. Thanks for stopping by. We're going to talk to uh, one of our Fox 4 reporters, and her name is Sheree Honeycutt. And she's originally from San Francisco, but she does have Missouri roots. She is a reporter and mixed media journalist here on the Fox 4 team, and most recently has brought back Thursday's Child to our airwaves. First off, Sheree Welcome to you. It's good to see you. How long have you been at the station now? I've been here two years next month, if you can believe that. Two years. Yeah. It seems like it's gone by very fast. How's it, it been has. for you? Um, you know, I've always wanted to work at Fox 4. It's always been a, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always been a dream of mine. It was kind of like my end goal from when I started uh, being a reporter. My mom is from here. My grandmother's from Kansas City. And so I have a longstanding like, history here, even though I grew up in the Bay Area. So my mom grew up watching Fox 4. My grandmother watched Fox 4. And so for me, I always kind of really wanted to come and work here. And I've been coming to the station since 2015 begging for a job. <laughs> and um, finally, in 20, I think it was 2017, I, yeah, the end of 2017, I started working here. Wow, persistence so, paid off. Yes, I call it polite persistence. <laughs> what do you think finally uh, got you through the door? Um, it was Dana McDaniel, our former news director. Mm -hmm. She actually worked at the first station I interned at back in San Francisco, which is KTVU. And then I worked with her now husband at Cron. And so when they had an opening, he was like, you should hire her. She's great. I worked with her. She was a writer for me. And so I got a really good reference and that got me in the door. So it was really a God thing and so glad to be here. Wow. And uh, over the over the couple of years, has there been a story or a couple of stories that have stood out at your time here at Fox 4? Oh, man, I, you put me on the spot here. I mean, yes, there's certain ones. Um, at my time here, I helped a, a little boy get a service dog. And that was really special to me. I did a story. I've done um, I think two or three stories on him, uh, three stories actually. Um, his name's Dylan, and he um, has a seizure a problem. He has a brain issue, um, and it, it affects him to where his brain swells and he has seizures. And so we did a story on what he was going through, and through that, Fox 4 viewers donated um, around $60,000 for him wow. to get a seizure dog. Wow. Um, and so there's just, uh, I mean, the Linwood Wood tornado, just lots of um, stories, and I'm going to feel really silly later when I don't remember all of the amazing stories I've told here. Um, but it, it can it, be a, bl a blur sometimes, even in a day, the number of stories yeah. that you're either chasing or that you end up on during the course of a day. Mm -hmm. Your title is reporter and mixed media journalist. Yeah. And we're going to get to Thursday's Child in a little bit, but give us some insight about what your day is like. What do you? How do you put your <laughs> stories together, and, and how does your day begin, and, and what is it like at the end product? So I start working, um, sometimes even before I come to work, I'm always um, on my phone, I'm always talking to people, seeing what's going on in our community. Community. And so I come in usually with about three ideas of kind of what's happening in Kansas City. And then from that, my managers either like one or they have an idea that they think would be better or, or is more pressing. And then I 
will go to work on that. I'll set up an interview, um, do whatever I can to get that story told. And then I will set up the interview, go to the interview, and then I shoot the interview. I shoot all the video and I edit all the video and then I present the video. So normally we have um, a reporter and then that reporter will work with a photographer and it is a team. Um, And instead of that, I basically do both. And um, I enjoy it. It's something I've been doing for four years. I did it at my last station and it was something um, when I was in college, they prepared us for. They told us, this is how the industry is moving. This is what you're going to have to do. And so I just learned to love it from the beginning. And um, shooting video and editing video has been a really cool experience for me. What's it like working with photographers? Oh, it's good. I like working with photographers. Um, and honestly, I wish I could work with a photographer every day, but I understand with the way our industry is, that's not um, a reality all the time. Um, I do work with photographers generally on stories that um, can be very difficult or dangerous, and I really appreciate having them there. And I also work with a photographer on Thursday's Child every time. Um, so, But I edit those. So when you watch the Thursday's Child pieces, those are edited by me, but shot by someone else. So that really speaks to um, the job that I do and the skills that I have here. I'm curious, uh, all of us that have worked in the business, we always have sort of an aha moment from time to time that will better allow us to get through the story that we're trying to do. I'm wondering, in in your two years here at Fox 4, or maybe when you were at previous stations on the West Coast, did you have an aha moment saying, ah, this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is how it's supposed to work, and and this is how my workflow will, will stay? Has there ever been an aha moment for you? No, I, you know, I think it's just something I learned over time. Like I look back at my time in my first market and I thought going into it, I knew everything. I was like, I got this. I interned at um, NBC Nightly News in Los Angeles. So I was like, I worked in network. Like I've got this down. And then you go to this small town and you're like, I'm in this small town. I've got it under control. And then you learn like you don't know everything. You have to learn. You have to be humble. You have to take every story for what it is. And when I look back on even stories I did when I first started here, like my voice is different. My editing choices are different. And my workflow is faster. Um, It it just takes time. When I was in school, we would get a week to do a story, a week to put a story together. And then having to come in and do a whole story myself in a day was just a mountain. And I've learned to run over mountains. So that's, yeah. Wow. (laughs) You know, when, when uh, you and I started chatting in the newsroom about having you on to talk about uh, talk about you and, and talk about your work here at Fox 4, of course we want to talk about Thursday's Child. And those who are listening to this podcast right now, if they were with us in the 80s and 90s, they know that they saw Thursday's Child on Thursday on Fox 4 when former anchor Cynthia Smith um, featured different uh, foster kids uh, in our area. First off... Um, Tell us how Bringing Back Thursday Child came to be and and why is it important to you? Okay. That's kind of a long story, but I'll give you a summary. We have plenty of time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So for me, um, foster care has always been something I care very much about. When we're talking about um, being a reporter and having that come to fruition here, um, at my last market, I was a foster care advocate. I was what's called a CASA, a court-appointed special advocate for children. And I was a member of the Cape Girardeau County Court, and I worked on a case for two years and helped to get a girl adopted there. And we can talk more about that, too. Um, 
And so for me, when I was able to get a girl adopted, that was amazing for me. Um, you know, she was 14 when I got her. She's 17 years old now. I talk to her weekly and she is just a bright light in my life. Um, when I moved here, I expressed to Dana McDaniel, our former news director, that I wanted to do that here. I wanted to be a court-appointed advocate, um, but we just didn't have the time. It, it wasn't possible for me to do both. In my schedule at my last job, I had I worked in the mornings um, some days, and so I could go to court. I could do all of these extra things and take my personal time and do that. Here, it just wasn't possible. And so I asked her, not even knowing what Thursday's child was, um, if I could do that here, if that was a possibility where I could you know, have a series where I helped kids in the area get adopted. And at the time, we weren't doing that. Um, and then it was very serendipitous how it all happened. Um, a woman who works for Jackson County, Megan Fisher, who I work with on Thursday's Child, went to John Holt and said, John, I want to do this. I want to bring back a, a series where we get these kids adopted. And he said, well, we used to do that at Fox 4. Let me talk to our news director. And then she remembered my passion for this. And that's because I was a foster child when I was a kid for a few years. I went in and out of foster care, and it was a very difficult time in my life. And for me, I was super lucky. I have a dad that is amazing. I have a, I have a single parent, and he is amazing in my life. I went through a lot of really hard things as a child that I worked through, but as a teenager, they were very difficult for me to understand. I was very angry, and I wasn't thriving in my environment, and I kind of just needed to like be on my own. And so I did that. But along the way, I met a lot of really amazing kids that deserved homes, that didn't have parents, that weren't as lucky as me. And when I look back on that time, I just understand that I want to help all those kids. All of them. I wish I could go back and help them all. Do you see a little uh, a part of yourself in, in these kids who you talk to, Sheree? Oh, of course. Of course I do, because you're, these kids are going through a time where they're unsure, and I was unsure. But I was lucky in that I had a parent there that was strong and that was going to be there for me no matter what. And when I figured out my life and I came back to him, he was there for me, 100%. My dad is my rock. Um, but these kids... Some of them were lucky. Some of them were just like me. Some of them had parents in their lives. And I want to be very clear about foster kids. Foster kids um, aren't always in foster care because they have bad parents. There are tons of parents out there that their children are in foster care, and there is some other reason. You know, there are, of course, parents that are going through something. Um, but the goal of foster care is always to reunify the children to their parents. And foster care, the foster care system aims to help parents get back with their children. And so I want to be very clear that, like, these kids didn't necessarily have bad parents. But there are children in the foster care system that don't have them. They, they, they just don't have them. And whether that's their parents have passed away, their parents have chosen to give up their rights, their parents' rights have been terminated, or their guardian has either terminated their rights, or there's just some reason why these specific children are in care and they need a parent to step up and, and be their parent. How big a 
how big a problem or how big of an issue is this here in Kansas City? Oh, man. I wish I could give you exact numbers. And I was kind of looking at them this morning um, on the Jackson County website. And you can look them up there if you just Google Jackson County foster care statistics. Um, there's a lot of kids that are in care. But I saw a, a good amount of them get adopted out. A good amount of them um, remain in care. And a good amount of them do reunify with their parents, which is wonderful. Um if I gave you a general number, I could just say dozens. There are dozens of children that are in this last resort situation, whereas they just don't have anyone. They don't have an aunt. They don't have a grandparent. They don't have a guardian. They don't have a parent there for them. And so we as you know, Fox 4, as Thursday's Child, the goal is to get these kids' faces out there, to get people to see them, and to see that these kids are just kids, they don't need our pity. They don't need, you know, anything but our love. They just need to be seen for who they are. And maybe they're ha they have troubles in their lives. You know, a lot of people talk about maybe foster kids have developmental problems or, or emotional problems. Well, if you have two strong parents or a strong parent that's willing to fight for you and willing to give you that good example, maybe some of those problems might go away. The goal is to get is to tell their story and to get their face out there and to let people know that these kids are available for foster care or for adoption. But you do more than that, Sheree, when you're when you're with these kids. Tell us about what their day or their couple of days is like with you. <laughs> so it's a process and it's a formula that I'm working on. And I um, have seen uh, several programs at other stations. They do one, at, I think at our sister station or in St. Louis, they do one. And then at my former station, um, KFES, Crystal Britt does one called A Place to Call Home. And so I've kind of looked at those and seen what I want to do with it. And I, I'm trying a different, not, not necessarily a different formula, but my own formula. And um, it's a multifaceted thing where, you know, we get a child, um, I have the uh, social worker fill out a form and that social worker tells me all about that child in basically sentences, you know, it, it's a paper. And, and for me, that's just an introduction. That's okay. So this is who I'm going to be meeting with this month. And then from there, I will call their social worker and I'll have a long talk with them about what the what the child is like. Um, what are they like in their daily life? Um, what are they dealing with? You know, there's a lot of things that we don't talk about in those stories because it's just not appropriate or relevant. So I just want to get a feel for what we need to say about this child and what's important. And then from there, I will um, figure out what the kid wants to do. So my goal in all of these segments is to put the child in an environment that is pleasing for the viewer. It's, you know, a lot of it is about having fun and you want to have fun. Um, but it's also you want to put the child in a setting that will make them look um, for, who, for who they are, help show who they are. I want to show their heart to people. I don't want there to be too much distraction or, or craziness um, or, you know, I don't want to show them doing an individual activity. I want to do something in a beautiful area. So um, I've done things. Um, our last one was at Carolyn's uh, Country Cousins Pumpkin Patch. I did one at the Nelson Atkins. Um, and then we did one at Betty Ray's and Loose Park and just kind of open spaces, bright spaces that really show their hearts and show their personality. And so that's really, really important to me. And I have to say, I've had amazing response from the community. Um, and anybody listening out there, if you have a beautiful space that you think we should come and check out. Um, I would really love to hear from you guys and, and bring that into one of our segments. Um, so that's part of it. Another one is my friend Becky Lassiter, who is a photographer. She came to me and she said, 
how can I help these children? And I said, um, it would be great if you could come and take photos of them. Just showing them um, in their best light, because a lot of these kids... They are in environments where they don't get a professional photographer. You know, kids in their families um, that you see on Facebook and Instagram, they have these, you know, parents that will go out and get these very nice shoots and pay money for them. And they're wonderful and they're beautiful. And I think it's great. Um, but these kids don't really experience that. They don't have that parent that's like, let's go take our Christmas pictures together. Let's go, you know, take our, our shots of us having fun. And and I think that's what really speaks to people when you share those pictures. Um, and, and Becky is amazing in that. She is so talented. And she takes these pictures of these children and shows their heart in a photo, in a snapshot, in a moment. And if you can do that, you know, that's a chance at getting that kid a home, even just in a picture. Yeah. I remember I posted a picture of Tyson this week and immediately a woman messaged me and said, how can I, how can I get more information about adopting this child? From a picture, one picture. She saw his heart in that picture and was able to, you know, understand who this kid was. Tell us a little bit more about Tyson. I, I saw your story yeah. about him. It's a terrific story. Thank you. And and while telling us about Tyson, also tell us how the community responded to oh. your story about Tyson. Yeah, so Tyson is six. Um, Tyson has been in care for two years. Um, he has uh, parents that don't have rights uh, for him, and I don't know the reasons around that, and that's really not important. Uh, what's important is that Tyson is a great kid. He's super smart. He loves math. He loves to run. He loves to play. He loves to jump. We took him um, jumping out at the pumpkin patch, and he was doing flips and all kinds of stuff, <laughs> and he's just having fun and smiling. We went on uh, the train and we had donuts together and he just he's super smart super intuitive and I just loved the time that I spent with him I you know they told me before I met him that he was really shy but when I got to know him I'll tell you what he was very outgoing and very sweet um, and another thing just to tell you another thing about how we put this together um, so we pick the place um, we pick Becky will will agree to do the photo shoot um, and then um, when I my next step before I go and shoot this is I go meet the child I think it's very important that I go meet the child before we meet them with a camera and do all of that because you don't want to scare them. Yeah. You want to make sure that these kids are meeting their friend for a fun day. They're not meeting a stranger to put them on TV to show people this is a foster kid. They need you to adopt this child who's going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. it, th what my goal in shooting these are Let's meet with my friend Tyson and have a fun day at the pumpkin patch and just let's show people how much fun we can have and who he is. So that's what we did. And Don Proctor shot it, uh, our, our photographer here, um, and it was a, a great day at the pumpkin patch. It was super windy. He was very cold, but he was a trooper. <laughs> and I think that really speaks to his spirit. It was really cold. He could have been sitting there like, I hate this. I don't want to be here. It's cold. It's windy. But he was like, no, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's have fun. I want to do this. Can we go back and do that? And it was just like a super fun day. Um, we did it. I put it together. It, generally, I like to shoot it and edit it in one day, and then I'll kind of touch it up. Um, we shoot it on, shoot it generally on a Monday or Tuesday, 
and then I will from there work on it through the week and then it airs Thursday morning so it'll be done Wednesday night um, and so uh, just working on it through the week and when I when it aired I well I posted the pictures I think the day before it aired because mm-hmm. I generally like to give people a heads up hey this is coming and those pictures that Becky takes are amazing and they really grab people's attention because she's just so talented um, and so when it aired, it was like an immediate response. And I posted on my social media account. It didn't get as much response on my social media account. But when they posted on Fox 4, it exploded. It was the number one story for the whole day and that. I think even into the next day, it was still like one of the top few stories. People were sharing it. I started getting emails um, immediately from people. And throughout the few days after that um you know it aired on thursday so i started getting emails on thursday i got even more on friday i got a bunch over the weekend and then on monday this last monday i got a ton and then megan ended up having to call me on um i think monday and tell me sheree you've gotta you've gotta stop she said (laughs) (laughs) this is megan dillard she said no 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 megan fisher with jackson with jackson county um she's the adoption coordinator she's amazing so she's the one she's the one actually in charge of we work as a team So she'll pick the child and then I'll do the whole, you know, mm-hmm. um, set up and interview and all that. And then she, she, we work together. Um, she told me, Sheree, we have 70 families. I've gotten 70 responses about this child. I cannot take any more responses. We're closing, we, we're shutting it down. <laughs> and even this morning I got another email from someone, you know, and I'm going to have to respond to them and say, thank you. But, you know, we have... They have more than they can handle. To put it into reference, she told me, and you know, this is the we've been doing this for four months. Tyson is the first child we've had this much response about. Um, he's the you know, he's a very special kid. Um, but for reference, she told me, you know, we generally get we can only handle one to three families per child. So you say you have a child and there's three families that are interested in adopting them, mm-hmm. they usually cut it off at three. Oh, and wow. then that, that's all they can really pursue. So what they're going to have to do is go through these 70 families that are serious about adopting him and say, which ones are best suited for him? Which, she's going to have to interview all these people <laughs> and go through them all. I, I don't know. Some she probably will be able to say, oh, this one's not going to work. Mm-hmm. This one's not going to work. But she's going to have to go through all of these and kind of say, oh, OK, we have to find the best family for Tyson from that. Um and it's definitely overwhelming for me. I'm sure it's overwhelming for her, but it's the best kind of overwhelming that we could get. And so um, what really made me happy to see that is, what inspired me about it is you've got 70 families that want to adopt this one child. What's going to happen when there's another child? That means that there are this, this many families that are ready and hoping to take a child into their home. And maybe the next child that you feature, you've got those 70 families who would be open and willing to uh, adopt a child. Yeah, I hope so. And, I, you know, they know now how to get in touch. Um, we have all that information on our website, too. If you just Google Thirsty's Child or look it up um, in our Working for Youth section on our website, there's um, in every article I put a whole plethora of information um, about 
how to adopt these kids. And it's not just um, Tyson. There are two websites that I have listed on there, and one's like Adopt U.S. Kids, and then you can search for kids in Missouri or Kansas um, or the whole United States. And then there's the Missouri Heart Gallery, and I believe Kansas has a heart gallery as well. And you can see pictures of these kids. And that's the difference is before we were doing Thursday's Child here in the metro area, that's the only way that you could really connect with kids besides they have events where you can go and meet foster kids. But if you're not in the know about it, if you're not already looking into it, if you're not connecting with Jackson County and figuring out how you're going to do it, it's very hard to know, like, how do I meet kids that are up for adoption? So... This is a really in special way that we can show Jackson County, you know, the metro area, Johnson County, anywhere. These kids um, are here. They've been here. And you can go and look at their pictures. You can learn a little bit about them on these websites. And um, even kids we featured here. That's Honestly, I use them to see the kids that I'm going to interview. I'm like, oh, this is the kid's name. Let me go look them up on the website and see if I can learn something about them. Because... They're all great kids. Every kid I've interviewed, you know, we've done this for four months. The first month, I there was a four-sibling set. The next month, it was a three-sibling set. Um, last month, it was James. Mm-hmm. And then this month, it's Tyson. And so there's lots of kids out there that need homes. Um, they're wonderful, all of them. In addition to uh, contacts and information that you post with the story, you also, I, I was on there uh, this morning, and it looks like you also... Uh, provide links for other ways for people to get involved. And so someone who's listening to this uh, no doubt has uh, some interest in in helping kids or, or fostering kids or helping kids uh, being adopted. What are the ways that people can get involved um, in the metro in, in, in helping kids, foster kids? Yeah, so obviously the most needed thing would be foster parents. Foster parents, and um, if you want to adopt, you can actually uh, foster a child and adopt um, it's different for every situation, but if you become a foster parent and then you have a child in your home that could be adopted, that's a pathway for you. Um, an example of that is um, when I was a CASA, which I'm going to talk about next, which is another way people can get involved that's very, very important. Um, when I was at CASA, the child that I worked with, she was 14 at the time when I got her case. She had just moved into her new foster home. Um, she is she was adopted by that foster family. And at the time, she uh, still had a parent that um, had rights um, and had visitation and all of that. But it just wasn't working. She wasn't thriving in the environment. And we did work towards reunifying her with her mother, but ultimately... Her mother was not doing the things that she needed to do to get her back into her care. And it's a process that went on for years. And in the end, the mother did give up her parental rights. And um, from that, uh, her, her foster parents adopted her. And she's been adopted, I think her adoption party was two Februarys ago. So in February, she'll have been adopted for two years. It's just an amazing story, you know, and and that's just one example of if you want to foster kids, I want to stress this, that foster parents, the goal is to reunify. It is to reunify with the parent. But if you are a foster parent um, and there is a situation in which that child needs 
a, a adoptive parent, that's one way that you can adopt. Um, but foster parents are obviously very needed, very needed at this time. Um, and then CASAs are also very much needed, which are court-appointed court special advocates. I got involved in CASA um, in Southeast Missouri, in Cape Girardeau, uh, when I saw a commercial. I, I literally just saw, I, I just moved to Cape Girardeau um, from San Francisco, <laughs> didn't know really anybody, um, had just moved there. I was sitting alone in my apartment because I, I just moved there. It was winter when I moved there, and I was watching TV, and this commercial came on, and it was like, Casa, do you want to help foster kids? Like, foster kids in our area need your help, and I said absolutely I want to help foster kids is I had never really thought about how can I help foster children before that um as a former foster kid I'd always hoped like you know maybe I can help them some way and somehow yeah. Yeah. but it hadn't really been something that I was like I have this passion that I want to go and help the foster kids of my community um but it was really it sometimes it just takes that little message in your head to click and say yeah. It sparked something for you. Yeah, it did. And so immediately I went online and I looked up what I had to do. I filled out a form. Um, and what a, what a CASA does is you go through a training program. It's not like, it's not like big brothers and big sisters. It's, it's different. So people who think, you know, oh, I'm going to be a CASA and that means I'm going to just be a big brother. We're going to go to ball games and all that stuff. That stuff is great and it's important. And, um, but it's very different. Um, a court appointed special advocate goes through a training program where they learn all about the court system for foster children and how that works for them. They um, learn about reunification and the goals here. They learn how to spot signs of abuse and different and different things like that. So when they have a child's case, they are able to look at it objectively and as a member of the court and see what needs to be reported. Um, the goal of CASA, the ultimate goal of a CASA, is to do what is right for the child. You have a, a child that is in foster care, and they have their foster parents, they have their real parents, they have their social worker, they have their guardian at litem, which is their lawyer, they have a judge, they have a therapist, they have their teachers, they have all these people. And the, the thing about most of them is all the, all the service workers is they're strapped. They're working on multiple cases. It's, everything is happening for them. You know, you have foster, you have um, social workers that may have 10, 15 children that they're looking after, and they may see them once a month. And while they do their best, I, social workers are warriors. They just go, 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 go for these kids. Um, but they can't always give them that singular relationship or care that that is the goal of CASA you build a relationship with the child and you figure out what their needs are and that could be the child needs glasses and maybe they haven't been to the optometrist and they say I can't see very well or I'm having trouble seeing um, and you make sure that they get that appointment taken care of or you don't take them to the appointment but you'll follow up with the foster parent and say you know I really think that this child needs to go that eye doctor, um, or when was the last time they went to the dentist, or 
they're, they may need clothes or what can I get them, you know, what can I make sure they have for Christmas? And you're not even purchasing things for them. It's just you're facilitating. You're going to the social worker and making sure that they get the things that they need. Um, you're making sure that, you know, you're monitoring their grades in school. If their grades are dropping in school, you'll go to their teacher and say, how can we help? Can we get this kid a tutor? Stuff like that. And then um, you write reports to the court, uh, to the judge. And then I would go in basically and sit in front of the uh, when you go into court, you know they always have the um, the they have the bench up in front of the barrier. You got to mm-hmm. sit behind the barrier. When you're a casa, you sit in front of the barrier. You are a member of the court, and the judge will go around the room and ask everyone everything. And then the the judge will look at you and say, "Okay, so what do you have to report to me?" And you know you tell them, you know. The kid's doing great. This is what's going on in their life. Um, they need this. I think this. And sometimes those are hard conversations. Sometimes, you know, in my case, I was having to report really difficult things um, that my child was going through and saying, I think that this is in the best interest based on the situation she's going through. And through that, the judge was, he was great. He listened to me. Um, I want to say, you know, she's been adopted for two years. She's 17 years old now. I got her when she was 14. Mm -hmm. We still talk all the time. She FaceTimes me. (laughs) She wants to know boy advice. I'm like, oh my gosh. She's just an amazingly special girl. Um, Her adoptive parents um, are very involved in their church. So she's always at church. She's doing really well in school, getting her A's and B's. She just got accepted to college, so she's going to college. Um, And she decided, she uh, FaceTimed me like a month or so ago and told me she wants to be a reporter, that she wants to be a reporter. How does it make you feel? Um, I cried, you know, and I'm crying now. And um, it's just a really special bond that she and I have. I'm very blessed to have her. You know, in my life, it's total God thing. Like, I don't like, you know, I'm not forcing my religion on anyone. But for Mm -hmm. me, this was really a path from God. And um, it's just such an honor that she looks to me that way and she trusts me and she'll call me and that I was able to help her in some small way because I know her foster parents, this was not me doing this for her. This was a group effort. And that is what Thursday's Child is about. It's a group effort. It's not me. This is foster parents. This is social workers. This is, you know, the adoption corner. All of us working together to help these children. Um, And I'm just really touched that, you know, I look at her like I don't have kids. She's the closest thing I have to a kid. She's amazing. She's a bright light in my life. And she's going to go and she's going to inspire other people through her story of foster care and her story of adoption. And I cannot wait to see where she goes and what she does. Because I'm telling you, Nick, it's going to be amazing. You're, uh, this has been incredible <laughs> listening to you, Sheree. And I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sitting here with a, with a, a, a lot of pride here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to tout the station's uh, reach towards the community. You know, this station here is the oldest and most trusted station in Kansas City. And bringing back Thursday's Child is fits in line with what we do here at the station, whether it's through the Fox 4 Love Fund for Children, whether it's the 600-plus community appearances that all of us folks who are uh, in front of the camera do every year for worthy charities to, to help our community. Um, this fits fits right in line, and I'm so proud that we have brought this back, and I'm so excited to, to see what's what's ahead for Thursday's Child yeah. and how 
I mean, I, I bet you are too, Sheree. Oh, like, yeah. what's what's going to happen down the line? I'm, I'm sure you've thought about it. And oh. You probably have to slow yourself <laughs> down probably a little bit too. Well, we, you know, we really haven't talked about it, but Cynthia Smith, I mean, her legacy, I really want to stress, um, like I said, when I moved here, I didn't know about Thursday's Child. I knew Fox 4 was an amazing station and I always wanted to work here. And I knew that you guys did amazing things in the community. And there's just a heart that that's here in this in this place and I see it every day and I was talking to Tracy our general manager yesterday and I told her I said you know for years I knew I wanted to work here and when I started working here you know you go to a new place and you're like am I gonna feel the same way in a a year a month that I did when I walked in the door the first day and I feel the same way I feel it even more I didn't even understand the depths of the heart that this station has. And it's just really amazing. Cynthia Smith, she was an anchor here for a long time. She was, Thirsty's Child was her baby. Um, If you go back, I was able to go back and watch a whole special that she did one year, a Christmas special, um, talking about this was a commitment that Fox 4 made to the community. And, you, you know, you can say it was a Fox 4 commitment, which it was, but it was really a Cynthia Smith commitment, too. You know, she didn't have to do that for 10 years. She could have gone and done different stories and said, you know, maybe somebody else should take this over. Maybe somebody else should do it. But her heart is still in there for it. And I've talked to her. I've messaged with her um, about it after it aired. I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't really know because, <laughs> you know, I didn't really I didn't really understand. Like, it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. It's not not a small thing that she did. You know, she really took this on. And if you watch the old episodes, like I've been blessed to have watched, she cared about these kids so much and she still does. Um, So she, when I told her a little bit about my story and that, you know, that I had been in foster care and then I I even still keep in touch with a couple people that I know from back then. um, She, she told me, she said, I'm so glad that you're doing this and that it's you. And that meant a lot. We're lucky to have you, your passion and your commitment uh, to kids. It has been so refreshing to talk to you, Sheree. Thank you, Nick. Again, we're, we're so fortunate to have you here at Fox 4. I'd like to leave the, the last segment here for you, Sheree, and to let, uh, just let everyone know here who, who might be interested in what we've talked about today or how people might be able to reach out to you if they yeah. have, a, have a story or something they would like to share with you. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so, you know, I do Thursday's Child, but I also do news pretty much every other day of the week. So um, <laughs> if you have any issue in the community that you want to get out or you think would be a good story, um, you can reach out to me on Facebook and so um, or, or Instagram or Twitter. Um, my name is unique. <laughs> it's spelled S-H-E-R-A-E. And my last name is tr- more traditional with two T's on the end. If you generally put Sheree in Facebook, you see me right there. I'll <laughs> generally pop up. I'm pretty much the only one, um, especially on television. And then um, if you're on Instagram, I'm Sheree Far Away because uh, I'm far away from home. <laughs> but uh, happy to be. Um, and so Sheree Far Away, it's traditional spelling of that. And on Twitter, I'm Sheree Honeycutt as well. Um, and you can just message me there. And I pretty much live near my phone, so I'll pick it up there. Um, but yeah, please contact me. I love stories. Um, even if you I did want to say, um, you know, Cynthia Smith, uh, in her 10 years, she helped, I think it was like 500 kids get adopted. Nick. 500? Yeah, I think that that was the number I heard. Because they did it very differently. They did it every week. They did it every single week for 10 years. And when you think about that many kids, I don't know the, the... 
data from it, and and that's yeah. also hard to to measure due to laws and things like that. But she helped 500 kids get adopted. Um, you're out there. You're here in our community. You're working. You're Thursday's children for life, you know. And if you are Thursday's child, please, please, I am begging you to message me. <laughs> I want to tell your story. I want to show the community that you are amazing in what you're doing and that you are an inspiration. Because just like Tyson, you know, we don't know where Tyson's going to go. The girl I uh, mentor in, in uh, Southeast Missouri, I know she's going to go somewhere great. I'm sure there are kids that got adopted in the 80s. And just imagine, Nick, imagine where those kids oh. are today in our community here in the metro probably around the united states doing something positive with with their future and their life i would encourage everyone to go to fox4kc.com slash thursday's child yes and look at uh the four stories that uh, sheree has uh filed already for thursday's child and I know you're working on another one yes. uh, coming up, and that one yes. will be out in next month. It'll is that be right? next month. I don't have the child yet. I'm waiting um, to get my paperwork. <laughs> um, but the goal in what I'm going to set up is I want to take them to get their own Christmas tree. I want to take them to chop down their own Christmas tree with help, obviously. But that's something that Cynthia Smith did, and I saw her do it, and I was like, you know what? That's incredibly special. And you know, that's something that a lot of these kids never experienced, something I've never experienced myself. I've never gone and chopped down my own Christmas tree. So it'll be a first for both of us. Um, but I think that that will be a really great um, experience for them, something that a lot of kids get to do with their families. Um, but foster children don't really get the opportunity to do and will really show people, you know, these kids are just like any other kids. I can't wait to see that. Thank Special you. moment for you yeah. and for Thursday's Child. Yes. I'm, I look forward to that. <laughs> well, we thank you again, Sheree Honeycutt. You, we are lucky to have you here at Fox 4. So be sure, watch Thursday's Child, okay, uh, every month. And Sheree Honeycutt's going to have great stories for us. Again, thanks to Sheree Honeycutt <laughs> of Fox 4. Signal Hill, uh, you can find us uh, on fox4kc.com slash uh, podcast. Uh, we also have a Fox 4 podcast page on Facebook. If you go there, you can follow us, and you'll get alerted to all of our podcasts, whether it's Mark's or Abby's or Joe's or John or whomever here at Fox 4. They're all right there on the page. Uh, and, and it's available wherever you find fine podcasts on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify. Mike, what else is out there? Uh, okay, he's not listening right now. <laughs> I miss, I'm missing one more. I'm missing one more. John, you know about John W.? Is it Apple? That's iTunes. iTunes That's yeah. what it is. Podcast, iTunes. Podcast That's it. app. That's the one I use. You got iTunes, Stitcher, yeah. Google Play. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah, did you mention the Facebook page? The fa I did mention the Facebook page. And the podcast app. And the podcast. Which so you, I are you following? Yes, I am. I follow all of them. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I do with my time in the car as I listen to my podcasts. All right. So. Well, thanks to our crew here, Mike, John W., and Eli. He's one of our photographers. Have you ever worked with Eli before? No. You we haven't? haven't. Eli, are you working on Thanksgiving morning? Are you working Thanksgiving morning, Eli? Maybe oh, yeah. we'll work together then. That's my first morning shift ever. Not right. my only morning shift, but I will be working Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving morning. Can't wait to see you on the morning show. Hey. Thanks again, Sheree. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Signal Day.